And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Oh, Lord. Amateur radio amplified on 100 watts and a wire. It's Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. Whether you're an experienced ham or just getting started, this podcast was created to mentor, entertain, and provide a community for radio enthusiasts around the world. You're listening to episode number 393, the 160 meter band and buying your first radio. Those are a few of the topics or just two of the topics that we'll get a hold of. You can tune in to the live recording every Sunday at six o'clock central time and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And if you have a question and you're with us tonight, you can drop it and put a cue in front of it and we'll put it in our queue. See what I did there, Steve. Now, like, I gotta say that uh, I was sitting there talking to my wife about the rock and roll. It always happens, and I'm mixing myself a drink, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, Billy Corrigan smashing pumpkins. Yeah, yeah, mm hmm. And next thing you know, I'm too deep in Jim Beam, and he's got me by the Gordos, and I'm like, damn, I gotta get in there and talk to the fellas, don't I? Yep, you better go now. Yep. So there you go. Steve W7UDI is here, and Scotty KC3BXN. And uh, we are gathered tonight in uh, what they would call the Ham Radio Fellowship. We try to get together every Sunday night, record a new episode of the podcast, and uh, hang out with our friends, get a good positive start to our work week. Steve, what the hell's going on with you, my friend? Oh, just another busy weekend. Woke up yesterday without a 160 antenna, ended the day with a 160 antenna. So, yeah, it was kind of an interesting day yesterday. We were following along on the Discord channel or the Discord server, and I was kind of dipping in and out. I had some things I was doing and working, going back and forth, and and 160s our thing. And I was like, "Is this mofo trying to build a dam and hang this antenna?" Because, like, I could understand if you were really doing that. And next thing you know, photographs were coming out on Discord about you building this antenna. I'm like, he's really. Doing it, and then I was like, "Is he trying to hang this?" Because the messages were coming kind of in waves. I didn't know his intent, but maybe we'll get to that here in a few minutes. Uh, Scotty, what's going on with you over there on the East Coast? We've got a, a three-way going, so to speak. Let me, let me just get it out first. Come on, let me let me like qualify my comments before you dip 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 on me. Nothing quite as exciting as a, a 160 meter double bazooka, but uh, playing with some uh, some some gummy sticks as they've been dubbed now. So the some gummy sticks. Playing with, you, playing with you got some a whole line, and a dive bowl. Got the gummy loop, the gummy sticks. It's a whole gummy line of uh, antenna accessories here at the uh, at the KC3BXM penthouse. And we will be giving away. <laughs> yeah, you definitely a penthouse there in Elegant City for sure. Uh, we will be giving away uh, 47 uh, nano no, 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 no. pluses tonight, HD version. You got one uh, pixel. I think you can make a favicon for your website, something like that. Weighs about seven pounds. You you pay for shipping. We're going to give away 47 of them tonight. If you can tell me why is everything Scotty related uh, related to the gummies? You let me know. Put it in the chat if you're here tonight. Send me an email because we'll have 47 more for for you, if you're just listening to this going down the road, you won't be late. Scotty and I need to unload these things fast. Taxes, damn things. <laughs> Tax season is here, and we gotta get these off our plate. <laughs> just seven pounds, and uh, they'll do anything you do. You take them with you. If you ain't doing, if uh, if you ain't doing anything, they ain't doing anything. So take them with you. Something like they that. They do what you do. They do what you do. That's right. That's our slogan. Yep. The Nanu Nanu Plus. Gordo cams. <laughs> Gordo cams. Take a picture of your nut. You need one of those real small ones? Put it up as then, a favor. Yeah, you, you take the pictures of the Gordos, and then you post it on the JimmyHiHi.com website. JimmyHiHi.com, a proud sponsor of 100 watts and a wire. We'll talk about that tackle powder later in the show. Uh, right. Yes, uh, just to qualify, the Nanu Nanu Plus Nanu, Nanu. can only take a photo of half of one of your nuts they can't do both. Uh, we're working on that, but I don't know. A lot of people want to take pictures, and uh, I need to stop. I need to stop drinking is what I need to do. Scotty, go! And if you're looking at Scotty, he's in the chair. He's not ready to even go. But anyway, our sponsors are diverse, and I'm, I'm happy to have them all here. 
uh, tonight. Um, we're talking about 160 a little bit, the band, some of its characteristics. You know, my favorite contest, and I'm not even a contester, Steve, is the 160 single side band. And you know what, Antenna, I have up there is a W7UDI 160 double bazuzu that he had up on his tower, play with it, sent it down to his master beta, if you will, here in Missouri. (laughs) (laughs) And I uh, put that thing up there, and it was my front line. And I'm excited to tell you what I've done, but first I'm curious to find out what you were up to, because yesterday there was a... You know, like Steve's in the cold. I don't know. I, I can't remember what temperature you put, but it was like in the teens. And it, it was, was like, I'm it was building. a little nipply, yeah. A little nipply it was out cold. there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, what were you doing, man? What, what was the intensity? The, the photographs came out and you were kind of like those posts that come on social and you're like, yeah, and you needed someone to enable you a little bit. So you were kind of like, I'm kind of fixing to do a little bit of a 160 build. I don't know if I'm going to do it. And everybody's like, go, 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 go. And oh, you're yeah. like, it's cold it was, as hell, uh, by the way. Yeah, it's uh, The shop is cold. It's butt cold. And uh, outside's even worse. But uh, the only good thing, there was no snow on the ground. So that, uh, that kind of helped out. But <clears throat> with the uh, 160 meter contest going on, it was like, oh, you know what? be kind of nice to have an antenna for Saturday night and uh, see what happens. So I go, oh, I'll just slap up a quick dipole. And I just made the comment in the in the uh, Discord room. And, uh, well, here comes the enablers. And, oh, no, you got to do a double bazooka. And it's like, okay. And All I right. did it. Pulled out the, uh, got the torpedo heater going and fired off in the shop. So got it up to about 50 degrees and it was you know, pretty comfortable and uh, went off into the build and it was a rat's nest. <laughs> I just kind of, you know, I measured out 171 feet of uh, of RG58 coax. I didn't want to use 8X because I wanted to kind of keep the weight down on this one and uh, just measured out the, uh, the lengths and closed up the shop and heated it back up and started to build it. I kind of had it as a rat's nest and I paid the price later outside by untangling everything. And then once I got that all done, then it was like I had to deal with the ropes on the tower. And uh, so they were kind of a cluster. So it it was pretty much an all day project and kind of got it up and uh, shot for 1900 kilohertz for my, uh, that was my design frequency. And I came in at about 1920, 1925, somewhere around there at the first whack. I just kind of, okay, I just kind of went out, measured it out. And okay, this is what we'll do. Boom, boom, do it up. And it was close enough. And I said, F it, we're going to leave it alone. But how, at first I thought I screwed the pooch. But uh, and How long is, <laughs> is each leg of 160? <laughs> where's, where's ben? I uh, where's ben? I took my analyzer and I disconnected the coax and I go okay I'm just gonna sweep it and I'm like you dummy <laughs> once I realized I'm getting this infinite VSWR and I'm like going, what the what the f and I was like no I was I was sweeping my antenna switch what I was sweeping I was like damn it oh. <laughs> 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 yes we do it all the time <laughs> and it's That's not fun. the first time i've done that so <laughs> and you're because not the, the only one cables are so much easier to grab than the than the jumpers going into <laughs> into the shack and then once i realized my don't i uh i ended up coming up with where it was and i just said screw it left it alone and uh um, last year when I built this same antenna, I was dealing with just some horrendous man-made noise. And so I just kind of wrote it off and I brought the antenna down and, and I go, well, Christian can use this. So I boxed it up and shipped it to him and lo and behold. So this year I go, oh, I'll just build another one. And and the noise is much better. I'm only dealing with an S5 to S7 noise floor. So little more re- reasonable than uh, what it was last year. Last year was the weirdest noise I've ever seen, and it was kind of in multiple groups. So that's why I thought it was man-made, because there was maybe like 10 kilohertz here and there that was no noise, but uh, looking on the uh, pan adapter, it was ugly. 
So, so what inspired it was an you? Interesting to, build. What inspired you to get rolling on it? Because I mean, you know, it wasn't exactly the uh, the most ideal situation. We all know that antennas do perform better mm-hmm. when you put them up in the cold, and then your body is freezing, and you know you're right on the verge of death. But uh, what was your inspiration for it? Were you just trying to get into the contest? What were you trying to do? No, you it was actually you guys, you know, on the contest uh, Friday night. And uh, yeah, I'm doing this, doing that. And uh, a couple of guys were using their NFEDs, uh, tuning up on 160. And uh, so it was kind of like, well, you know what? I think I'm being left out here. I might, or, might as well do something. And it was okay. just kind of one of those. It was just a, a spur of the moment. I, I didn't wake up yesterday planning on building a 160 antenna and hanging yeah i thought it, it was just pretty kinda, you know off like the cuff. out of the box off the cuff yeah oh yeah uh, and then in the middle of that i had to go you know take the dogs down to the groomer and pick them up do other mm-hmm. odds and ends. that's why it kind of it kind of went in a uh uh you know in waves it wasn't a uh you know i work yeah. on a little bit then i go do something come back finish it up go do something else and then uh but the actual build, you know, was done in 30 minutes, so not a big deal. I had a blast, man. You know, this is kind of my thing. And the first night, before the sun even went down, I was I was getting involved. I was, you know, it's like ridiculous. And, you know, you hear the local, I'm going to say local, but I mean like Kansas. You might hear Arkansas. You may hear Kentucky. As the sun's starting to set, once the sun went down, everything exploded and... um I got nutty. Like I'm, I didn't make any contacts except for on 160, and I've got some great reports uh, for your antenna build, Steve. So nice. Uh, I want to tell you, I was keeping score. Let's see if you guys can uh, take a look and see this here. I don't know oh, if it'll focus dang. in on yeah. for you, there but this go. is what I did. Wow, this is mostly one night here, and it is what I'm showing to our listeners is 31 total states and one province in Ontario or in Toronto or Canada. Jesus, I'll get it right. Jim Beam's got a way of like, <laughs> no, say this. No, no, no. You meant that one. Say this one. But 31. And you know, I woke up yesterday. It was a Saturday morning the next day. And I only had a couple. And I've uh, I've kind of, I got three yesterday, right? And this morning, it was all the same kind of suspects that were on. I don't always mm-hmm. get a lot of West Coast on 160, but yesterday in the morning, I get it, I get up and I told myself, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get up early. And it's not for the band at all. It was just like, I'm going to get up normal time if I can sleep in a 15 minutes longer, whatever. And there was only a few stations on at this time because around 7 o'clock a.m. local, the sun's up, or not up, but light. And it goes away. It pretty much goes away by 7 a.m. here um, on 160. But what did I hear? And I thought of you, Steve. And I was like, I hear Hawaii. And I'm like, Hawaii. And he was low. Saturday morning, early, the sun was up. I was looking out the window. I could see the sun coming up. Got him. And I was like, that's a long country haul from here, man. That is a long... Mm -hmm. That's probably my furthest 160 contact, you know. And uh, so your antenna build did it, man. It and it it had handled the East Coast. We went up to, um, let's see, Massachusetts. We were uh, we would, we went up to Maine, Vermont. Uh, you know, that's a thousand mile jump. And you know, we can talk about. We will talk about the characteristics. But this was an antenna Steve built. We have a video on our YouTube channel. And it's called Steve's Double Bazooka, whatever it's called, right? And it's it's doing really well uh, in terms of people watching it. You know, it's it's doing really well in that. And it's just up there for you to learn how to build this antenna. Well, he made my 160 antenna. And I put it up as soon as the box came. I was out there like, running like, oh, got to go back and get some stuff. But New Hampshire, Rhode Island, you know, and then Hawaii which is completely the opposite direction and even further as the sun's coming up. So this is how I use 160, friends. It is not to worry about a score. I only, uh, you may have noticed I did hold up the sheet, but I'll work a state, and the guys may know this, certainly Steve knows this, but 
I'll work, you know, if I've got Illinois, I won't work with Illinois again. I'll just get out of the way. I'll go to the next state and see what we can do. But 31 mm-hmm. states, pretty pretty much in like an evening's work. That's yeah. what tells me this antenna can make it. I wish I would have had more West Coast stations, but the fact that Hawaii came through, uh, great build, great build. I imagine that your antenna is going to perform just beautifully for you, Steve. Uh, what do you oh, think yeah. about it, all that? Um, it's the same build, the same exact same way, just like on the video. Uh, <clears throat> utilize the same principles and uh, the exact same build, just a little bit different in the uh, the cable itself and length of it. It's, uh, you know, 160 antenna, full-size dipole is, it's a big antenna. It's a lot, it takes up a lot of real estate. And, uh, how long are the uh, uh, each, is each leg? How much coax on each side of the of the center section it, for one? It was 171 feet of coax end to end, wow. and then another uh, 35 feet uh, of wire from the end of the coax when you transition out to the uh, where the insulators are. And I I measured that out to 45 feet, and then I just kind of I go okay, it calls for 35, so I'll just I'll fold back 10 feet of it and. Uh, it landed right on the numbers for the most part. And uh, and then I got on last night and there was only three stations that I heard working in the contest and they were all three were here in the state of Washington. So I missed out. Uh, Saturday night was not as active like Friday night would have been. So uh, I missed out. I should have built it a week earlier and I could have played on Friday night, but that's okay. That's, uh, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, it was a fun build, but... I did get to play with Scotty's and test being the the uh, tester or the receiving end uh, on his uh, gummy sticks. So we'll, oh. we'll talk about that. Here it all sounds really dirty. You're right on this one. I actually think this we're gonna need to bring Steve in because that that all sounded terrible. He was on the end of Scotty's gummy stick. We'll talk about this more with Steve, but it's it's gonna have to be uh, we're gonna have to really work on this one, <laughs> right? But geez, and right, oh, riding the man. Scotty stick, the gummy good, sticks. Good grief, you're right on that one, Sherry. I, I'm gonna actually go with you on that. If we can levy any sort of fine or whatever, I'm I'm gonna be in favor of that. I want to say hello to uh, Don. He said it's his first time here. His 100 watts in a wire uh, made. 46 contacts in the 160 contacts. Uh, contacts. Nice. Uh, he said he heard many more stations, but they couldn't hear his call. He's Whiskey Julia 3 United, and welcome to the crew. Make sure you say hello to everybody. I see Uncle Paul's around. Don is here. These are net control operators and moderators. Uh, for the Just say hello. Just say hello to the guys, and they'll be happy to um, uh, to meet you and talk to you. Steve, let's talk about some of the uh, characteristics of this, the Gentleman's Band, which is, uh, I, I don't know where it technically came from. I imagine that it came out of the fact that maybe you needed a little more space to hang an antenna like this. I don't know. The guys aren't any nicer than anywhere else. But I do notice it, that... It, it used oh, to be. It, yeah, it used they to were be. It was... They were the guys there were, yeah, they were there were with their cognac and drinking <laughs> with their pinky up. And, and, you know, well, just frankly, the, I'll throw it back to you, they're, chap. That's the great poupon. Poupon, yes, the poupon, the, the poupon crowd. But uh, no, it, it was typically a place to where um, guys that were tired of eighty meters and the antics that went on with eighty and seventy-five meters. They uh, they moved down to uh, 160, and uh, most of it was people that had a lot of real estate or you know invested into an antenna, and you know they would just have you know just their normal rag chews. But like everything else, it's kind of society has changed over the years, and 160 is no longer the gentleman's band like it used to be so but they that's okay it's, they couldn't keep the dipshits out some people have mm-hmm. like space and they're you know dippity doos and they're out there and they're you know i hear them in the morning one, one thing i do like about 160 i do love the challenge of this antenna because it is so long you need to take special you know considerations with hanging it it's not something you just throw up there and be like well, i'm good like maybe a 15 meter antenna you know it's just like ah 
This one's kind of, you know, you got to do some calculation. You may need to do some landscaping work. You, you know, you may have things come down. And over the years, I've really been uh, hampered by things landing on it, snapping it. I've had a couple balloons explode through storms and you name it. It's a challenge. So I thought maybe the gentleman's band of this came from like, maybe you need some space. Doesn't mean I'm any better of a person because I've got the land. But one thing I like about it, Steve, is it's a nighttime band. It comes alive. Once the sun comes down, you can kind of feel the earth turn and hear it. And uh, there's more space on this band, meaning there's n it's not as crowded. It's not as crowded. No. So I would love 100 watts in a wire. People, I know it's challenging. Verticals may be a good option for some people, but 160 is one of these bands where there's some real estate there. If we were frontier people, we could gather around and say, all right, the 100 Watson Wire community, we're going to figure out a way to put a stake down in 160 because there's space there. You know, you don't oh, have yeah. to, uh, where are we going to go? I don't know, man. It's really tough. Like 0.5, I don't know. It's kind of... It's wide open. The nice thing open. about it, it's you know, it the whole band is available to the general class. So yeah. it's it's not like you you know, as a general, you only get a little snippet of a band with uh, one hundred and sixty. You have the whole band, and uh, so you just kind of pick the real estate. The only issue is you kind of pick where you <laughs> want to be in the band because right. no one antenna covers the whole band. So it's uh, either you kind of pick the up. The upper part, which makes the, the antennas a little shorter, or you pick the lower part, which makes it, you know, and the antennas are even longer. And the difference between the two ends, even though it's 200 kilohertz, it, we're talking a lot of feet on the antenna size. So it's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you're tuning an antenna, you're not tuning by six inches here. Or there, it's it's in one foot increments or more. So it's, uh, right. it's a, uh, it's a fun, you know, fun band. It mimics the closest thing to mimic it is the AM broadcast band. So when, if you ever pay attention, what's going on the AM broadcast band, 160 just mimics it perfectly because it's right next door to AM broadcasters. All right, right on. We're going to be talking about buying your first radios, things to expect, um, considerations, budget, all that stuff coming up in just a little bit. And uh, we can take your questions. If you have a question, put a Q in front of it. 160 is a great band. I enjoy it. I keep it up all year round if I can. Hey, <laughs> this week in radio history, February 24th, 1910, yours truly and the crew here, we were around, little guys eating peas. We ate a lot of peas in our house. <laughs> in a series of experiments... And uh, transmissions, Lee DeForest operates and broadcasts opera singer Mariette Mazarine singing excerpts from Bizet's Carmen and Strauss's Electra from a transmitter in his lab. We remember that broadcast. Remember, we had what they called the weenies. This was back when I ate uh, meat. How are you that one too, Sherry? Sorry, that, that just didn't come out right. I intended that to be something different, but Jim Dean is tough. <laughs> February 26, 1934, President F.D. Roosevelt. This is uh, Steve's first election. <laughs> he urged Congress to create the FCC. Steve, were you opposed? I told him not to do it, but he you wouldn't listen. You said, no, don't do that. Steve's don't first don't election. Don't do he said, His no. first lobbying lobby gig. <laughs> it was good. He was in college. Uh, March 2nd, 1897. This was when we were all little G's. Marconi granted his first wireless patent. And one day, I think we're going to have to really get involved in telling the story of Tesla and Marconi and Edison. Man, what a race to kind of get to the uh, patents. And if you had the money, you could get it. You could get it. And unfortunately, Tesla had the mind. He didn't have all the dollars. And I'm a Tesla fan, if we haven't stated before. Uh, all in favor of Tesla, say aye. Aye. Uh, oh, oh, it's kind of a reluctant. Uh, but anyway, anyway, that bill passes. And there you have it. That's our 
week in history. Scotty's here. He's got some events that are happening. Scotty, what in the world is happening? We're almost in March. Can you believe this? Yeah, it's uh, until next uh, weekend. There's not a whole lot of contest activity going on. They have the uh, the ARRL International DX contest is happening though, so that ought to be a, a busy one. Uh, it's happening March 4th and 5th. Um, also, the uh, Antique Wireless Association, their John Rollins Memorial DX contest is happening that weekend as well. Um, and not much else on the contest front. Uh, special events, I didn't see a whole lot going on for next weekend either. But uh, FT8WW, Crozet Island, he's still down there doing his thing. And um, he was, apparently he was on 20 meters on um, voice. Uh, last night, folks trying to get him and said he'd be back. So keep an eye. I know he's been doing the FT8 thing, but uh, I didn't realize he was doing some voice contacts as well. So, uh, and that's about all I could dig up for this week. Back right. to you, Christian. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> and don't forget, Powerfilm Solar and Gigaparts, providing quality solar power solutions for your portable operating needs. To explore Powerfilm's selection of quality products, visit gigaparts.com and search 100 watts, 100 watts, one word sort of thing. Pull it up, take a look around, and when you poke around on that website, it lets them know that, you know, you got there through us and that helps us. And if you find value in the 100 watts in a wire community, you can support the content and the community you enjoy by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash 100 watts. It's an easy way to support the content you enjoy, and it's as uh, easy and cheap as a real cup of coffee. Consider the benefits of a monthly contribution. Our dipole level is popular. It's a dollar an episode. That's just $4 a month, cheaper than a real cup of coffee. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash 100 watts today and thank you. Our new supporters, Dennis, KD9ACM, Kilo Delta Zero, Delta Charlie Zulu, Chad, Victor Echo 3, November Golf November, and November 4 Echo Juliet Mike. We salute you and we thank you for your support of 100 watts. And now we're going to kiss you on the mouth. Steve, you go first. <laughs> I guess that's not how it goes. A couple questions did come in. I, I recorded uh, this, this morning uh, with some sunglasses on, which is uh, kind of a joke. They were laying around here, and I, uh, I I made a TikTok video and went on to YouTube as well. Thank you, Ben. Yes, I have recovered. I had a couple of the Jim Beam beams, and uh, yeah, he does a good job. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, let's see, 1930s rapper, he says, hello, it's his cousin's birthday, loves our streams. Could we give him a birthday shout out? His name is... <laughs> Happy birthday to you. From the crew and uh, Jimmy Hi Hi. Hi Hi. Uh, one more question. Uh, how's the quest going for using AM? I posted a video some time ago talking about my uh, a bit of an infatuation with AM and uh, so I know how to make my radio, the 7610, work on AM, and I do more listening. I have to say I have not keyed up and checked in. Um, it usually will work for me when I'm off, like one of those Monday holidays when we get off or something like that. But uh, it's on my list, but I have not uh, really explored it as much. But thank you for remembering that, Jeff. Appreciate you. Steve, we wanted to talk a little bit. Of course, we got 160. If anybody has any comments about that or questions about 160, the contest. But we had a request to talk about buying new radios. This is the fun one, and it reminds us who people have been in the game for a little bit to think about when we were at that point in our life, when we were buying our first radios. And the time has changed even in the last decade from when I got into the game I know it's changed for Steve. He's 40 years deep in this. Um, so buying radios today could be even more interesting. So let's talk about some of the things that you need to think about. And I'm going to kick it off first, and I'm going to throw it to Steve. And Scotty's got a brother who's just gotten licensed, so he may be uh, able to chime in here. I'm going to start, first of all, with what I remember the most. And it was the budget. 
I know I had to put certain amount. I was doing research. I was reading articles, QST and others. And I came across an article and I had my mind set on a radio. Steve will back me up on this. I had a 7200 in mind. It looked military. It had these rails on the side. I was like, boy, I need that. I'm going there. And uh, so I was looking around and I thought, Collins. There was a guy up the road, had a Collins thing, just like Steve. If you're, you're here tonight, see that rig behind Steve? The full rig. And it was like $1,100 or $1,200 for everything. And, and I'm talking like, boy. And the guy who talked me out of that was Dr. Bob, Bob Heil, K9EID. He didn't really talk me out of it, but he kind of give he gave me a little insight. It was like, you know, those are great radios, but if you're not really handy, code for like if you don't know what you're doing and you don't know how to work on these things, maybe don't do that for your first radio. Great piece of advice. And I thank him for that. But I was looking. They were military. They were like, oh, so sexy. They're beautiful, beautiful rigs. Look at our live stream anytime and look behind Steve and you'll see what I'm talking about. He's a Did, real Collins man. Oh. <laughs> and then I looked around and an article came up. I still have the clipping somewhere in my file here of the Drake TR7. And it basically said, this radio in its day was like a Mercedes Benz. Like you, and it, it would paint it these beautiful images in my mind about like this radio from the late, mid to late seventies. Suddenly someone came up, a Drake guy. He was like, yeah, I live in Ohio where the Drake factory was. I knew the Drake family, 90-some percent Drake guy. I know the playgrounds that Mr. Drake built in the community, and I was like, this is great. Like, he knew. He had the book, all the service, all the crap. And at that point, I had no idea what any of it meant, but I went to my people, Steve being one of them. What do you think about this, the Drake TR7? Dr. Bob at the time said, if it's not 100% perfect, I can't get my accent. If it's not 100% perfect, <laughs> you will let it go. Like, no. And I was like, but Bob, it's so sexy. No. <laughs> and I got to say, I don't want to put any words in Steve's mouth, but he was not as uh, hardcore on it being a perfect radio. And uh, if I'm wrong, he'll correct me here. I'm going to toss it to him in a second. But I think I spent $600, $650 to get this rig here. It mm, was not 100%. I went against the wisdom of Dr. Bob, who wanted perfection. And I brought it in, and it was my first thing. And so, and I still have it. And I don't think I'll let it go anytime soon. But the long story of that whole thing was I think you need to establish a budget. I had a young family. Still do. And I could not make mistakes in my purchases. I wasn't going to lose another 600 bucks and be like, ah, I can just snap it off again and I'll get another one. What the hell? I had to be very careful with that. So budget was my main consideration. Uh, let me to toss it over to Steve to get his impressions on any of that and then add some insight into buying your first radio. Steve. Yeah. So you, you hit it on the head, you know, with the budget. That was, that's all everybody's, uh, Number one goal is our budget or we have. I mean, there might be the outliers that it's like, you know, budget's not an issue. It's like I want and I'm going to get. And uh, but, but for the most part, when you're getting into the hobby here, it's um, it's budget. Yeah. And so then you got to go into this new or used. And that was what uh, Christian was in. And, you know, Bob was saying 100 percent, 100 percent, because. As, as you're new into the hobby, it's you don't want to be discouraged by having you, you spend six hundred dollars on a radio, and it doesn't meet your you know your expectations, and that uh, and then you don't have the the skill set to uh, to make any repairs or or make any changes. So it you know when and I got started you know a lot of used radios were were available uh they were cheap um they were simple to work on but as time went on they became more and more complex and then the other problem now that we're running into is parts are not obtainable anymore it's just you can't get a replacement parts so you either have to you know tear apart uh 
older, you know, other radios to make it work. It's just, but when you're brand new into the hobby and you don't, and, and you're not in the business or electronics professional, it's a little tough. So I've always kind of steered towards get something new because A, it's uh, brand new. You're the first owner. You don't have to worry about who the um, previous owner was, how the radio was taken care of, whether it was abused or not. And then you have a warranty that goes along with it. And if it arrives, you know, DOA, you just send it back and get another one. So, uh, but if you do, you know, buy something used, hopefully you have someone in your camp that can help you or the person that you, that is selling it to you, you know, personally and, or trust that say, yeah, this is working. Um, I'll, there, there are guys that will make videos and say, Hey, here's, here's my radio. They'll show, oh, this is the power out. This is what it's doing and, and run through it and give you those, those, uh, videos to kind of help you make that decision and, and feel confident in buying the, uh, the product. But I always kind of lean towards the newer equipment because now you're getting, you know, newer technologies, you know, buying used is great if you want to work on it and, and uh, restore something, but. I kind of lean towards the the newer radios, and for the most for the for the most part, they're relatively cheap if you look at the big scheme of things. I mean, these Collins they were super expensive back in the day, and uh, and they're kind of expensive today. But they they need a lot of work. You gotta you gotta learn how to fix it and work on you know tube equipment and high voltage, and it's uh, you know it it takes a little bit. You want to just get a radio. You would just want to turn it on and you want to operate. So I that my, I always kind of, like I said, lean towards the newer equipment. Now the, it comes down to what do you want. So, But once you set your budget, and don't forget, don't set your budget just for the radio. You got to have other accessories to get on the air. You got to also budget in for a power supply because a lot of radios are 12-volt based. You're going to need at least a 30-amp power supply. You see the money floating down, so that's going to be another hundred and some odd dollars, couple hundred dollars there. Then you got to have your antenna as your coax. So look at your budget as a as a whole. Don't just go, okay, I got two thousand dollars to work with. Don't go buy yourself a two thousand dollar radio because you're just going to have a two thousand dollar paperweight sitting there because you don't have a power supply, antennas, and coax. And so look at it from the big picture, not just one small picture. Scotty, what do you think? You've got a brother who just was licensed. He's in the. He's in this very boat. What's going on with him? Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's uh, um, looking at uh, getting the radio. I would, uh, from my own experience, um, as far as buying a a, a used radio versus new or an old uh, boat anchor. Um, one of the things, and we've talked about this before, is the um, the lack of Elmering. So if you're new to uh, work in HF and HF rig and you haven't been exposed to someone setting a radio up, getting things tuned um, and, and kind of, kind of showing what it is that you need to keep an eye on while you're trying to get on the air, then it's a very easy uh, as I learned, cause I didn't have that guidance to blow up whatever it is that you plug in. Um, I can't imagine. So the first radio I got was a F, uh, HF rig was an FT 450 D um, pretty simple radio by modern radio standards but um i eventually picked up my boat anchor which is a yesu ft 101 e this is this this little baby sitting right there if that had been my first rig and not having had anybody to kind of help uh guide me i would have i would have burned this thing up and melted the tubes um stuff so um definitely i think i think for a brand new hand especially if they don't have someone that can help coach them along and give them some some guidance um, a newer radio would be the way to go there is a warranty um, I know Yesu at least is um, pretty good about, even if it's your fault and you blow it up, they're pretty good about getting the radio fixed at no charge. Um, at least in my experience, my FT450 can vouch for that. Um, and uh, of course, um, budget is is always a concern. Um, in my brother's case, uh, I'm, I'm helping him and uh, we're going to get a used radio uh, for him, uh, actually from somebody within the community. Uh, we're going to be getting an a FT991 um, for his uh, for his shack. Um, nice. And but he, but him, him not being, um, 
him being new, I'll be able to be able to kind of show him the ropes along with that stuff, so I can kind of help him avoid some pitfalls. But uh, I, yeah, I'm with Steve in in my in a newer rig, something with a warranty. Um, of course, newer rigs can uh, can be a bit of a coin, bit of a bit of money. Um, but there are some there's some good you know so like an Icom 718 they're 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 pretty reasonably priced. It's not a fancy radio, but it's got everything all the nuts and bolts you need to have to make a make it a solid HF rig. Um, I think it's a good starter starter radio. I think the 7300 went along and messed up the whole used market. I mean, it mm -hmm. became a real. These guys still want a lot of money for their used radios, and the 7300 is. I'm not going to say affordable because I couldn't pop on one tonight if I needed to, but you know, around a thousand dollars for what it gives you. And these guys are still asking for a ton of money on their used gear, you know, so they're mm -hmm. kind of the 7300 has affected how, you know, you can buy things. You would think the prices would go down and maybe they do in some places. And maybe these guys are saying, look, I'll hold on to it. I don't know. I'm going to keep this before I just give it away. But the seventy three hundred has made it, you know, more of it. And I'm sure there's a Yezu. Yeah, more. There's got to be a Yezu equivalent, equivalent uh, to that thing. But uh, we can explore the the market a little bit uh, more. But the used market is an interesting deal, and I do like what the guys are saying in terms of having a warranty, send it back, you can get it worked on within a certain amount of time. Sometimes when you buy used, you know, you don't know. I did it. I had to do it. I did it. Yeah, I think uh, I think the used radio. Once out. you get a little experience it, under your belt, then you can kind of dig into like the, one of the classic used radios, or even uh, you know, even just a solid rig from the from the eighties or nineties. So um, that way, you have an idea of what to look for, what's you know, what's not working, and what should be working. Um, than you would if you're brand new, getting jumping right into the into the scene. Speaking of the scene and ham oh. fest and used gear. And Gordo's under the table. This is our favorite part. <laughs> Brought to you by Jimmy High Highs. JimmyHighHighs.com. Talcum powder. Don't trust your balls and salty nuts to any old powder. <laughs> Get to Jimmy High High. JimmyHighHigh.com. <laughs> so what's going on in terms of ham fest up in here? Ham fest. Let's see what we got going on here. A couple I, I pulled out for the show. Let me, let me slide my document over so I'm camera mm, pulled out slide um, over march, my document mm. <laughs> march 3rd and 4th uh the greater houston ham fest it's an arrl state convention uh for texas in rosenberg texas uh, actually kelly's out in texas right now um march also the third and fourth uh, she could look under the tables for the gordos and get you some coax yeah well, she Woo! said she, my birthday is coming up next week so she said she's sending me sending me something she was asking uh, a friend about what um trying to she couldn't she could never remember my call sign so i think she found something <laughs> out there and is sending it um as a birthday gift because she'll still be out there when my birthday rolls around so we'll see what that could be it's exciting uh, March 3rd and 4th, uh, the Birmingham Fest, double AWRL uh, section convention in uh, Trustville, Alabama. Uh, also March 4th, uh, Elk City Ham Fest, Elk City, Oklahoma. Uh, and there's some more ham fests happening. You can check it out on the events channel on our Discord server for some more info. Let us know if you have anything you want us to uh, mention on the show, whether it's a gathering or a radio club event, we'll do that for you. We'll do that for you. And if you're looking for a power solution, check out BioNO Power, offering the best lithium phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com. That's B-I-O-E-N-N-O-Power.com. And we use them because we use them. That's the reason they're a sponsor. And to learn more about 100 Watts and a Wire in our community, visit 100WattsAndAWire.com. You can check out the podcast archive, register for a 100-watt ID, and pick up your 100 watts and wire sweatshirt, sticker mugs, whatever else you want to rock. That's 100wattsandawire.com. Time for questions. Now, if you have a question and you're here with us during the live recording, we do this Sunday at 6 o'clock Central Time every week live on YouTube. If you have a question about anything life, ham radio related, we can help you out. Put a cue in front of it so Scotty can pull it and we can talk about it. And we will hook you up as fast as we can. We also, he will not be pulling it. 
by the way, he's, that's out of the pay range. It, it was a line item in the contract. Like, will you, you know, like pull it for the people? No. So we had to cut that. But uh, you know what that I mean? The, he's going to take your question the, and put it over there. That was the the hang up in the contract negotiation. That was a week, week mist of screen time uh, from old Scotty. <laughs> There you go. Don't pull anything, uh, except maybe coax. All right, so let's get to some questions while we're here. We've got some uh, in the queue that have come. If you want to uh, ask us a question, please do that. If you're struggling with anything, let us know what it is, and we will try to help you. Are you ready, Steve? Steve does not yeah. want to know <clears throat> any of the questions beforehand. No. So Totally surprised. Total surprise. So here we go. First question. Are there drawbacks to using audio filters? No, no, there is no oh. drawbacks. <laughs> Not that I found. It's uh, I try to I utilize them uh, when I can. It uh, try to tailor it. Uh, I I like to boost around uh, twenty two hundred hertz, uh, a little over two k, and on the receive side, so it uh, it's easier to hear someone because the articulation starts to pop at around two uh, k. So it's amazing what you can do on the receive side and pulling signals out of the, uh, out of the noise just by Absolutely. boosting that, that one little narrow band of frequency uh, in the audio band pass to, and you can pull people out. It's pretty amazing. So Scotty, yes. what do you think? What do you think? Oh yeah. I mean, there's certainly no, uh, no downside to, uh, to filters at all, especially on the receive side of things. You get, uh, High and low pass filters to filter out some of that rumble and the the hash that's on the outer edges of the of the of the pass band. Um, uh, as Steve was saying, pull up uh, you know, two three k uh, can pull out some articulation out of voice and really kind of pull them up out of the noise. I'm a I'm a big uh, advocate of processing the hell out of your RF, RX audio if need be to to get the get the contact. Yeah, receiving it, I, I had to use it. I don't know where we were. I think we were on the air one night or it was recently some people moved in close and you know, the filters are great. You can, it does affect the quality of the audio though. And I, mm -hmm. and sometimes I forget to go back to the original. I call it back to zero. I'm, you know, many audio people will tell you, you know, do whatever you want to do on your board when you're doing what you need to do, but try to get us back to zero. So the next guy has something to work with. And sometimes I'll forget and it kind of makes for a muddy sound, you know, it'll help you hear, better but it's not it does affect your clarity but i won't say that's a negative you know unless you would stay there forever by accident um so yeah i'm with the fellows on this one with uh anything more on that steve no that, that's pretty much it i mean I, you could you know adjust on the uh on the transmit side but for them i found that uh once I set my audio on the transmit, I don't touch it. Um, I'll just change microphones to change the, uh, uh, the, you know, the response of the transmit audio. But I'm constantly playing with the uh, on the receive side just because if you can't hear them, you can't work them. So that's where the key is. Got a question from Mailman NB. What's best, your radio in your house or in a separate building or shack? P.S. I live in Canada, cold, cold Canada, where your antenna can get frostbite <laughs> from mailman. Um, they both have their advantages. Uh, you know, um, this is my remote shack from the house. I've operated in the house and and out, you know, out here. And uh, it's the shack for me being out here in my shop which is about 100 yards from the house i'm not disturbing the family as far as enjoying my hobby on the other hand it's 100 yards that i gotta walk back to the house so uh in the middle of winter it can get a little little rough but uh so it, it just comes down to preference and uh what works for you Steve leaves the house with very tight pants on, walks back, Gordo shrink up, pants start getting loose. <laughs> Loosening up. It's just cold where he is. That's just a real thing. WA2JOE Pastor Joe says, can you explain the importance of accurate clock in FT8? I understand Bouvet had an issue with this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Who wants to go? Which I, one of you guys? I'll defer to Scotty. Oh yeah, it's the uh, importance of the, the clock. It's uh, the whole uh, the whole um, the whole mode is dependent upon um, odd and even transmission times. And there's a there's a, a there's a, there's someone's going to transmit on even, and someone's going to transmit back on odd. And if your clock is uh, is off by more than just a couple seconds, then you run into problems where it, it won't decode. You won't be able to decode um, somebody that's sending with the time off, or the people that won't be able to decode your um, your contact if your time is off. And so basically, you're just you know you're just kind of swinging back and forth, just totally missing each other. And uh, and so yeah, until the clocks sync up, and then it can then it can work the way it's supposed to. Very important, and and I can attest to that. So the after the the Bouvet operation uh, concluded, I go, I okay, I gotta jump into the FT8 mode now. I did set up a a 450, an FT 450 portable with a laptop. Scotty helped me get it all going. It's and it worked fine. I put uh, NetSync on my laptop, and it was like, okay, we're we're good. And it worked great. It was fantastic. So I set it up here on my 3000 to um, for FT8 going, okay, this is, I think, what's going to happen with the de-expeditions from here on out. FT8 is going to be a more important mode. So I'm going through everything that I remember when setting it up. I got the software going, got the interface going, whole nine yards, but I'm not decoding anything. And I my station computer it's like well i just sync to you know windows internet time or whatever Uh uh-uh it was off so once i loaded nets Uh then all of a sudden i started decoding everything so yeah timing is (laughs) very very critical in the (laughs) ft8 mode just by the nature of how the mode is yeah, it's all it's, it's all sequence. It's, there's a sequence of events that happens, and everything has to happen in that sequence, or it doesn't work. And Mike, uh, Steve, I think your uh, you your microphone changed. Yeah, something happened in the middle Again. of that one. You turned into R two D two, and then you were like, bleep, 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 and then you were then, like down the hallway. Then you were down it. So you're in the bathroom. Went to the it went it just went to the camera uh, microphone. So that's okay. You're back. Yeah. <laughs> you're back. It's all right. It's live, baby. Live. Software. You gotta love software. Damn, now he's out it of must be because your clock your clock's off your clock's off steve I, yeah my clock is definitely off <laughs> and so's your lips with your audio but that's okay it's kind of like watching <laughs> you know the old movies oh just think of the old japanese um godzilla films. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. bruce lee movies yeah hello <laughs> hello and it comes in a little bit later all right. Uh, if you have a question, put a cue in front of it if you're here with us. If not, we'll continue on. We have a few more minutes before we uh, head on off for this episode. Live coverage of the 100 Watson Wire Sunday Evening Net follows this in the live stream as we kiss you on the mouth goodbye for the episode. Next question. When would you recommend getting an amplifier? After you get about the best antenna system you can get up because uh, an, an antennas work bi-directionally. It works in the receive direction and the, and the transmit uh, direction. If you can't hear the station, even having an amplifier, you won't be able to work them because you can't hear them. So uh, if anything, you'd rather have a better receiver than more transmit. And uh, so get your station to the point to where you you're maxed out on your antenna system, whether it's a beam or wire antennas or whatever, and then start thinking about an amplifier down the road. But, uh, I don't recommend it at, uh, uh, in the very beginning. It's, uh, it, it is nice, but it's, you're, you're better off taking steps as you're, you know, marching or, you know, going through this, uh, this hobby of ours. And, uh, you'll you'll appreciate it more as time goes on as you make different steps and and improve your station but get your receive in order the best you can the antenna system then think about an amplifier that should be your last step that's the icing on the cake great mm-hmm. question and we've learned that uh your antenna is bye <laughs>
It is by. Nothing wrong with that. We're, uh, everybody's welcome. Another question here. Is the ARRL membership worth the money? Oh, this is good. What do you guys think? If you're here, hold on now. If everybody's here in the chat, you let us know. Put a Y for yes and N for no. Is the ARRL membership worth the money? Who wants to go first on this one? I'm kind of wishing I had my $50 back, but <clears throat> that's all I'm going to say about that for now until I find out. Steve, what do you think? Are you well, going to be for, the station for some, that the, wants? The, for some, the uh, the magazine is uh, what it's worth. So, you know, having that and... Uh, Mine's in so, the bathroom. And then they're, you know, an advocate for, for us a place in, for it. in Washington. <laughs> but to be, you know, to, to, you know, I'm a life member. So I've, I've jumped in with both feet and uh, many years ago. So I think it's worth it. Uh, personally, I, I find value in it. Um, but others don't, there's, you know, like every other organizations, they have their issues, they have their pluses, they have their minuses and, you know, a is run by people and we know how people are. <laughs> so, and, and that, that becomes a personal choice, whether you, um, you agree with the league or support the league or not, it's. Either way, you know, I personally, you know, I, I you know, I'm not going to look at you any different that you don't support the league or you support the league. It's up to you. Pastor Joe keeps his in the bathroom right next to like where Scotty does his. Or is it good for uh, those times? <laughs> well, you know, when all else fails, there's always a copy of QSD to get me uh, get me out the door. <laughs> and I'm not mad at out of toilet paper. You got backup. You got it. it you, you just make there's, it a little ink on you. Be you careful. know, there's, there's a there's an MFJ ad on any page you just open to, and you just rip and go. There you go. You know, it's fifty ducats, <laughs> man. Fifty bucks. So mm -hmm. you you got to think. You know, I took a chance. I took a chance. Um, I mean, I've been a member for ten years. They sent me a certificate. You know, I do it every year. I reluctantly, it comes around. This is when I hear from the league. It's like, here's your, an envelope comes or some emails or like, hey, next month. And, you know, going to need that money and all this. And, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, and, you know, October comes around and boom, 50 bucks. And I'm like, uh, and I end up doing it. This magazine to me, a lot of it's over my head. I'm going to be frank with y'all. A lot of this stuff is over my head. I like some of the articles. I love stories and storytelling. Diagrams are for another man, and I totally get it. So they can't – it's not just a magazine. There's more that – I think Steve said it. There are people that work there, and there's humans that work there, and if they rely on our money, it's the only voice we have to defend the spectrum. You know, I'm always like, that's what I come back to. Like, damn it. There's people that rely on that dough, for one, and who's going to fight for us, number two? Do I feel I get enough out of the 50 bucks? Probably not. But I guess knowing that it helps people, I don't know. I should probably shut up, huh? <laughs> We're getting up close to, you know, it's kind of like what's your budget, right? You know what I mean? Like if this magazine to you or others, and I took when I mentioned taking a chance, I went a different way. Like I took the beginner one. They had a beginner magazine or something, and they still do. And I was like, I'll. I'll try that one. Let me try that one. And, you know, it was written more for newer hams. And it's okay. It's okay. They're, they're doing the best I think they can with what they have. And, and publishing, being in the publishing paper magazine business, man, that is like, oof. It's tough. That's tough. So anyway, I don't know if that helps you guys, but whatever. I hope it does. Uh, Brad says magazines make you look smart. Yeah, if it makes you look smart. Yeah, I would leave it open to some diagrams and like, yeah, I was just studying here. This uh, I can't well, even I, find one. You know, one other thing that's that's you know valuable and that I find valuable is if you're trying to find a radio, you can go back <laughs> and look at uh, you know past issues and find the radio reviews. Yep. And there's re you know product reviews and. Uh, and it's pretty well written. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's that there's, you know, there are technical articles and there are some that, uh, you know, people, 
my vintage as far as been in the hobby for a long time. They say that they're dumbed down, but they, you know, they're not super technical, but they have QEX, which is a uh, more technical side uh, uh, publication. So they're catering to that. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good all around, um, you know, magazine with some technical information and stories and, but you know, the product review is there. And, uh, so there, there are some benefits with the league membership and, uh, and, you know, like, like Christian said, they are our representatives uh, that support us and try to represent all the amateurs that granted, they only, they only, you know, represent 20, you know, 20% of the, of the licensed hams are members. So it's up to you. You know, it's a matter of you. If you got the dough, if you find value in it, teach their own. I always hesitate a little bit like, Oh, I wish I had that 50 bucks, but I always do it. So I, I don't know what that tells you, but look at this. We've come up on the end of another episode. How time flies when you're having fun. Oh, the league is on the hotline. Uh, I guess I got some splaining to do. What you mean I sent you a mug, you dumb son of a bitch? That's what I hear. That's also what I spray on my stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeez. I don't know. Now Scotty's doing the drops. I got a bunch to send you. That's the game. My own Fred Norris. I always wanted that. Thanks to everybody who came by. Stick nice. around for live coverage of the 100 Watts of Wire Sunday Evening Net. Please subscribe to the podcast. Take it with you. It'll be delivered to your doorstep by the morning time by Scotty in his short pants and half tuxedo outfit. Personally delivered. Dressed up in squirrel ears if you want. That's part of the uh, subscription. Steve, thank you so much. I missed that part of the contract. Yeah, that's the fine print. Real small. It's up (laughs) under the gordos. Tiny, tiny stuff. Yeah, lift the gordos. We about that. Lift the Gordos up and then it's right in there. <laughs> 73, Steve. 73, Scotty. 73, Christian. 73, 73 guys. Scotty. Take care of yourselves. Look after each other. And by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. We'll see you again soon. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.